0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, what's up, guys? Uh, MAFighting.com. the team's here. Uh, Jose Youngs and Esther Lynn speaking with UC middle champion Israel Asanya and head coach of City Kickbox and Eugene Behrman. Big fight on Saturday, I guess, right?
2: Yeah, big one. A little bit. Yeah.
1: Uh, so your last fight it was obviously in, in Melbourne. You're in that uh, what was it that Australasia area. Mm-hmm. You're now in Las Vegas. Your first fight since Brad Tavares. So I'm personally curious. What is the difference in fight week like to then, where you have all, probably more media locally, rather than you're basically flying all the way across the world mm-hmm. now to do media, right?
2: Yeah, um, even flying over like for a day at a time for LA, for Houston, just to like do the face off and whatnot. Um, And for UFC 243, it was a lot of media, but my team handles that. They they chopped down all the fat from Mm -hmm. it. So we never really get um, in on that with too much at the end of the day. But this week was pretty good. Um, My busiest day was Tuesday. And then the rest, like, I mean, this is probably my last media for the day. And then I can just chill and then we'll train later
1: on. What about you coach? Like was, I assume, I imagine media was probably higher. Demand for you yourself is probably higher, closer to, closer to home, right?
3: Yeah, I don't do that much. Like I do a lot of ones like ad hoc ones, like I'm just passing by people be like, can I interview you Just passing that, by? Yeah, I always say yes, cause I'm just- He's a nice guy. I don't want to be an asshole about sure. it. Like, like, ESPN, I did ESPN today at this one. I was just standing there and
1: back at the restaurant and they came and
3: got me, I was like, yeah, cool. So I do a lot of ones like that, but I don't do it too much.
1: Anyone come up to you, and I, I spoke with uh, Derek Lewis about this in Houston. He says when he fights close to home, a lot of like, family members just emerge. They're like, I'm your cousin, yeah. I've never seen you before. <laughs> that happened a lot you guys? It's hard to happen
2: for me in New Zealand, because obviously my family sure. is immediate, but well, for him, probably, Ah, no, one, more more with friends. Like, you get a lot
3: of people that's like, hey, I'm your friend from way back. I mean, <laughs>
2: You're my
0: acquaintance. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't spoken to you for 10 years. Sure. So, yeah,
3: that,
0: that pops up for sure. So last weekend, um, two weeks ago in Auckland, then pretty much just friends are hitting you up for tickets. But yeah. did it feel like a lot of pressure to travel and do the press conference? You were doing the press conference there, come back to LA, go to Houston, like...
1: I believe you said you had Spider when you got back. Yeah, straight what? away. Like,
2: I landed six 6.30 a.m., um, went back home, napped for, like, two hours maybe, and then straight to the gym for Spider. But we brought John and Mike, and Frank was already in Houston, so I still got my work in Houston. But, yeah, Spider, it's just the worst workout of your life. It's, yeah, it's like just fight gone bad, like the worst-case scenario. So for me going through that, and we've done it every day and according to the fight time
0: mm-hmm.
2: every every week sorry according to the fight time so when it comes to fight time my body's already used to it mm-hmm. for the last 10 weeks like oh i've been doing this already and that's only if you have to push he told me for the last one it's only if you have to push when you get to deep waters and you've seen that we can we yeah. can go
1: we can swim so this spider this spider training is it do you do you is it regimented around your specific opponent? Like, yeah, you Romero, I I, like, imagine your Romero presents far more problems, well, not far more, but like, different, different problems, problems, than yeah. probably, say, Derek Bronson. So this, spider spite of <sighs> the worst case scenarios with Romero, are probably different than worst case scenarios with Whitaker, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's regimented around the energy systems, and the energy systems that we're gonna um, use for that particular opponent. So Romero, it's, it's a lot different to some of our previous opponents, so, to adjust the workout according to
1: the, uh, How do you prepare for someone like Romero, though? Where just from the outside looking in, even in the Costa fight, it looked like he was willing to lose four minutes <laughs> if he can land that one punch. Like even in the the Weidman fight, he he's like I, want, I He beat me the first, I beat him the second, and then I just finished him in the, in the final round. Like it's, it's and I don't want to bring him up because a fight, but like John Jones has said, like the unpredictable eventually becomes predictable when you're preparing for an opponent like that. Man.
3: Yeah, and that's exactly the case with Romero, like, the, the unpredictable
1: has become the predictable We
3: We have, I mean, there's a pretty clear pattern in terms of his mm-hmm. energy use. And it's, I mean, you'll be surprised how much of a, a identifiable pattern it is from sure. five to fight because it's almost exact down to the minute where he decides to expend energy in the minute where he decides to mm. switch off the, you know, switch off
2: and start to consume energy. Sure. It's a more much identical no, fight. That's through you and Adam, right? Yeah, it's just... Adam's like done the breakdown with you and stuff.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's just something we look at because it's important. Mm. It's important to know uh, where he's going to expend the most energy at what particular time and what particular positions. The whole gantry of energy use over the whole fight. We've looked at the entire thing.
1: Also, you're, you've been incredibly active as, as not just a fighter, but it, fe- it feels like you've been a champion for a while. But this is technically your first official title defense after second title defense. My mistake. But even looking at Dan Hooker, like he f- he's been pretty active. Brad Riddell just fought. Like even of France had that quick turnaround. So what is the secret with you guys where you can fight so often, but then you look at AKA, you had that, that time frame where like DC, Kane, Rockhold, and Habib, they all couldn't stay healthy at the same time.
3: Well, I mean, it's being in the gym all the time, so not taking too much time off between fights. It's sure. like using this window of opportunity that everybody has in their career. And it's um, uh, training. Like, And everybody talks about training smart, but it's a, one thing to talk about it and then actually do it. Uh, I mean, yeah, like our sparring, if you look at our sparring and you look at AKA sparring, they won't even be you want that will look completely different if you look at our sparring and you look at the way that um they're sparring albuquerque it will be completely mm-hmm. different
0: that's one of the big
3: secrets of our gym is we identified early that um we need to prioritize our skills and whatever we're doing mm-hmm. and not necessarily our brawn or, our, or, or some of our other uh, athletic um, credentials we just need to completely prioritize skill
0: that's one of the secrets why these guys can be so active. I wanted to uh, kind of go off on a tangent. You were saying that one of the secrets is that you don't take long breaks. You go back into mm-hmm. the gym. So after you won your title, um, you, yeah, uh, I assume you want to go on vacation and stuff, yeah. right? Atlanta, so.
2: I went to, I went back to Nigeria because I felt, because even throughout this, my, my UFC career itself, I've probably skipped on five trips. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to go to Europe, then I think Anderson Silva, New York. Uh, came up, mm-hmm. we're supposed to go to that, a wedding
1: too. At yeah, one point. yeah, yeah. Even this
2: one, like, I skipped my boy Slava. Shout to and Tyler. Congrats. Um, I skipped your wedding because I felt like to go there up north in New Zealand and come back mm-hmm. would fuck with my time frame. So I was like, no, nah, I can't. So I, I've I've sacrificed so much, so much. But um, after the Atlanta fight, I went to Nigeria. Went to Dubai. And uh, I just kind of messed around for a bit, and then I came back to the gym. So that one was after five or five or six fights, like mm-hmm. back to back to back to back. So you know, you can't just put your foot on the gas. You have to
1: hit the brakes, pull the handbrakes, and relax for a while. So that was my last long break.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is it different now that you're not chasing anyone? Like you were, you we Still spoke. Am. I called this guy out. That's very true. <laughs> well, we, we spoke at your before your Vitoria fight, and you kind of hinted that you had a plan. Like I'm gonna beat this guy, and then I'm gonna beat this guy, and then this guy. Now you don't have to basically, they're all chasing you now. You don't have to be another person to reach
2: the title. Yeah, I mean, like, if someone like his manager, is Abe Kawai, mm-hmm. they would have they probably advised me not to take this fight, a manager yeah. like that. But I'm like, why? That's the guy that everyone's scared of. That's the guy that's supposed to be the the one. Like, mm-hmm. since my UFC debut, I've always seen, feed him to your marrow, mm-hmm. it's over. <laughs> yeah. Feed him to a good wrestler. And I'm like... Okay, let's see, like you guys aren't paying attention. You're just like a lot of experts really have casual brains sometimes, but yeah, I've seen that and yeah, I'm, we're up for the challenge, man. That's it. we're just up for the challenge. It's about legacy, it's about skills, not just about this mentality of the, because that's still from Hollywood. It's still, it's still ingrained in the culture that people think the guy with the muscles. Yeah. Like even when I was in China, sometimes some of the, the, the people come like, oh, no muscle, no muscle, and then like, I knocked their guard in the second round, and then hmm, what were you saying about no muscle? They don't understand the skill that re- that's required. So, yeah, just up for the challenge, but
0: Eugene, you didn't have to like kind of pull him back. There's never been an opponent where you're like, I don't know if you want to fight him right now. You, you didn't have to like.
2: Hmm. Um, Not that I can think of. Not that he's told me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: nah, I mean, like, it's, if you're doing the work, you can you can fight anybody. That's the important thing, like. If, like the, the, thing, the, the thing that kills fighters at this point in their career is that um, they don't come back to the gym after the fight.
0: Mm-hmm. How That's do you a, ensure that you... He's you, you you on my ass. <laughs> Where
2: the well. fuck are you? I'm, I'm, I've been in LA, I've been doing press, I've been doing a world tour. Let me come back. For, but he just, I know he does it just because he still has to stay on me just so I don't slip. Because yeah, he, I am he human. does it himself though. Yeah, but yeah. I do it myself because I re- when I was younger, you can admit I wasn't always like that. i you know, like, but now was, Dan came for to help me with my spider, Brad came to help me with my spider, my last one. Like afterwards, you have to come back. Like some of these gyms, like you said, the AKAs, the big names, you know, you get your fight done and then you fuck off, and then that's it. So your next camp. And they don't they don't give their body back to the people that gave their body for mm-hmm. them. So that's the culture that we've created. Like, you know, your boys put their fucking bodies on the line. Some people have gotten to hurt, freak accidents, you know. In the gym because they're helping you out and then when it's your turn you don't you don't return the favor that's a shit friend that's a shit partner so yeah that's the culture that he's created along with other coaches to get yeah, back go, to the gym yeah you, you
3: guys i mean these guys also have lofty goals like yeah to to the honest truth of if you want to be a champion you can't take a break mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like and, and like you can come to training and you're not like working at like with the pedal down Mm-hmm. But you have to be in the gym all the time. If you set these lucky girls on to be champion, I want to fight. You know, AC you himself, John Jones, Steve mm-hmm. in usage
2: You said that one. Well, I'll take it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I like that fight. There's, yeah. there's,
3: like that. The journey to those fights uh, has already begun.
0: Yeah.
3: Years out. Like you have to look at it like that. And so you know, I can't have these. These guys know that they can't take two months off here, two months off there, two months off here. Before you know it, out of the twelve out of a 12-month period, they've only been in the gym for half of it. Mm-hmm. You aren't going to be able to reach those lofty goals that you're setting yourself. It's like not a reality. So if these guys want to get out there and they want to set these goals and they want to make them public, then they have to do the work that's required to reach there. Otherwise, you're just talking lot of bullshit. And they know that.
1: Have you seen a, uh, a rise in interest in maybe someone from America wanting to come join your gym? Because, I mean, you look at Jackson's, there was a point where there was so many countries under one roof just because it was the jackson name but now you guys are at the forefront of combat sports right now mm-hmm. i'm sure you're in demand yeah i mean i get about five six
3: emails a week but um there's only one way to come to our gym you have to come through someone really yeah so there's some phone finding there's this three or four guys that live full-time in New Zealand now, but they've all come through someone. So they've all, we've we've had someone that we know that's been able to vet them. To be, okay. To be like, okay, look, this guy's a good guy. He's gonna fit in well within your environment. He's not gonna be an asshole. He's got a great training partner. They've all come through someone that we know.
1: So you have basically a screening process where like in America, you see fighters kind of. oh, I lost this fight. I'm gonna bounce around to a few gyms well, you and just, then. So, you can't just show up. If you, you show can't just
3: up, haven't paid money and expect yeah, to train. Yeah. like it's just that's just not how it works. You well, have to somehow be connected through someone, yeah. and that we can and then now and then that's the deal process we use. Like it's not like money. Like in terms of that, is not what we're interested in. No. We could make a lot of money <laughs> yeah. if if we did, but we always talk about the gym and how it's a special environment. But to maintain that special environment. You can't open the
2: floodgates. Like even um, for the rubber fight, I talked to him and I already knew he would have done it. But like I made sure because there were some Aussies that were coming into the gym and mm-hmm. they're now like some of my favorite training partners. But I was just like, hmm, can you can you ensure that this guy is not a spy and stuff. Oh, and really? it, yeah. like, but then he, he he reassured me like, bro, he gotta took it as an insult. Like, the fuck do you think I am? You know, and I was like, nah. And so I just I just for my own conscience, just so mm-hmm. I can get it out there. And I put on a table, and it's like, fuck! I've already done the vetting process. Well, all already all those
3: guys have come through someone that I yeah. know, or for a friend of a friend. And yeah. I've been able to like know, find out about them as a person, and yeah. then obviously talk to them, and trust
1: them completely.
3: Yeah. And so, like, there's, you know, that's why how gym can exist. Yeah. I you never hear about a problem coming out of our gym. Yeah, I was gonna say
1: we don't. <laughs> well, in America, it seems like you guys are all the way on the other side of the world. Like, could this work if you guys were in America?
2: Hmm. I don't know. It
3: could work. It comes down to your principles. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, some gyms have opened the floodgates and been like, you yeah. know what, like we're just going... If Welcome. If <laughs> exactly. If you pay enough money, you can come and train alongside John Jones or you can come and train alongside Kamara Usman or if, you, if the mm. money's right. Like we just, as a principle, well, we're just not done with that. Mm. And that's, there's nothing like, so but people have to make money. People got kids to feed.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And bills to pay,
0: so that's fine. That's just not the way we're doing things. Y- you had to be vetted then, at
2: some me. point. Nah, <laughs> well, no, well, I kind of did actually. I mean, yeah. the first, the first fight yeah, I had cool. with him, my corner, it's a famous story that's been happening around now. It's like a friend who trained with them previously when I when I was living in Wanganui was yeah. like, oh, I know a gym, you know, and I got a fight off Facebook, an amateur MMA fight, yeah. and then he roped him into cornering me, but then he saw how shit I was on the ground, and he's like, oh, well, good riddance, but he's already ah, met yeah. me. But then, like his his partner also saw me fight kickboxing in Whangare, which is a town up north, like mm-hmm. a few months prior. And then she was like, "Yeah, he's good. He's good." Da da da. And then, what he what he saw was shit. He's like, "I don't have to see this guy again." But I was already <laughs> kind of vetted through. Um, I think it was Denny. Denny who introduced us. We need. I need someone. we had a mutual acquaintance. Yeah. She so it, I well. was vetted. I was vetted. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't pass my initiation. If you If you put it that way, I sucked in my first. It was at the ABA as an MMA uh, fight that I got my ass worked in amateur, so no punches yeah. to the face, but yeah, I just, no, yeah.
3: That, that, that wasn't a process. Like, yeah. that impressive. Like, was
2: just
3: all that changed was your shit fight.
1: Well, I was gonna say, like, that's my next that question: is. What did you see yeah. in this guy? Well, I, I think it's part it of the one.
3: Just off that brief meeting, it wasn't like he was very polite, and you know, like you, you could say he was a nice person, but you um, just couldn't tell much about his fighting. But,
2: that's all, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I wasn't an asshole. Yeah, I wasn't one of those guys. who. Oh, yeah, no, I know this, I know that. Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> going off of that, I mean, you clearly have been a student of the game. You can bring up these events, like you talk Something. about Anderson Silva. You can Something. bring up a lot. You've, you've, you've watched the sport a lot. You've seen inside the octagon what works, what doesn't work, how it evolves. But even outside, I feel like watching you is like watching your interviews, I go, this guy's had media training for sure. But you haven't. You just... You've seen this all. You've it seen suggested it. it. Exactly. You've se- you've you've seen other fighters make these mistakes in front of the cameras. Maybe not be themselves. Maybe come off fake. And that's not you. So it feels like to me, what, looking in, that you're also using what you've seen out like a cautionary tale for people outside and in front of the camera as well as inside the octagon. Yeah, and also I'm, I'm a,
2: We had a plan. Like when I got to him, first thing was like, I want to be a UFC fighter because I I felt like I could be the best in the world but then kickboxing took over and I was really good at that but we were still training grappling on the low for years mm-hmm. so that's why when I got in the UFC everyone thought oh, I'll just take him down but apart from that everything else like the embeddeds the countdown I don't really have as much time these days to be really embedded in all that extra mm-hmm. stuff but when I was younger it's all I did just all the videos all of my favorite fighters you know I would watch the interviews study them and watch the embedded and see how things were like, okay, I'll be, even this, I was ready for all of this, preparing yeah. yourself. So it's not just for inside the cage, it's also everything outside the cage. And also, like he said, he had a plan to get us to the UFC through kickboxing, through in the international circuit in China or Australia, elsewhere, and then eventually jump into the UFC. But I wasn't 23 and the youngest champion in the UFC, sure. young, dumb and full of cum, <clears throat> making all these mistakes. I'm, I'm, I was 28, I think, when I got in the UFC. And I felt like, I said I had my metamorphosis at 20 here, where I felt like I became more of a man than a boy. Mm-hmm. And all my mistakes I've made away from the spotlight, and I've learned from them. That's the difference between me and other mm-hmm. people. I learn from my mistakes, and I don't make them again. I make new mistakes. <laughs> yeah.
1: When you watch these uh, grow, like coming up in the sport, and then all of a sudden you are the focus this whole week, was anything different than you imagined? Like, uh, if I would, like, say you watch, like, Dan Henderson Cormier UFC 173, mm-hmm. yep. and then all of a sudden you're behind the the one in front of the camera. Was anything, would you? did you expect someone to be like some, some way and then it wasn't and then vice versa? Yeah, there's variables, there's
2: definitely variables, but you have to adapt to them. Um, but for me, it just feels normal now. Like I, some things I still get deja vu moments or like, whoa, that was cool. I still get surprised by certain things, but for me, it's just—it's part of life now. You have to accept it. You have to accept all this because if you, sh- a lot of people shy away from it, mm-hmm. and that's how they—they they crumble. But for me, nah, I just—you just have to own it. Even him, he hates all this. He doesn't <laughs> like. But I don't hate it. Not perhaps. hate, but like he doesn't—he he, he doesn't like to be in front of the cameras. But you know, he understands you now. It like he understands. <laughs> now. No, I don't gravitate. I don't like it either. I like my privacy. But uh, he understands now. Like this is part of the game. This is what's going to sell our brand. It's only going to sell kick, City Kickbox. And this is what's going to push us forward. And I think his wife is the one who had to beat it in. And <laughs> and you need to get in front of the camera and stop denying all these interviews. Yeah. So you now he's here.
1: You, do you wish you didn't have to do interviews? You could just show up nah.
2: fight? Oh, that's his. That's his. He would rather be back at the ABA. That's the local box, um, boxing club in Auckland. But like this is at this level you have to. So you have to embrace it. You can't shy away from it. And I'm pretty good at it. So, yeah, I just own it.
1: What's the uh, weirdest
2: place you've been recognized? Ooh, ah, what's your what's your one?
3: (laughs) The weirdest place I think about. Well, not well, not so much recognized, but we used to fight in some places in China, where clearly there had been never a tourist set foot. Really. And then that would, that would be the first non-Chinese people they'd ever seen in person. Yeah. And the whole a whole street would
1: just stop. Oh, they'll just shut down. They just stare at it. Cubby Barayanta.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Basketball. Best, yeah, they just see a tall black man kicking yeah, a basketball.
2: Oh, I yeah. have the best record with uh, staring contests with old people
1: Yeah. in
2: China. Like, literally. But I break it by smiling at them, but like, they just. Like, they saw Bigfoot or something. Yeah. You know, but yeah. I mean, we would go to places
3: where there would be no more. No be a need for tourists to go. There's no tourist attractions, there's only industry. And there's literally never been a tourist. Mm. And then of course you're gonna like it's, it's almost like seeing a alien. See yeah, them, right? Bigfoot. <laughs> I've only ever seen them on a screen or on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Fearing yeah, their live, they're gonna stare
2: like it's. We too. Mine's my weirdest one probably would be a bathroom, men's bathroom, and <laughs> it's it's all like they'll recognize me. I'm like, yeah, hold on, let me just finish pissing first. But then the worst one was one time, after I said, let me just, let me hold on, let me finish. I'll see you outside. And I could feel someone and I looked and I see him like on his phone and, you know when people like bring their phone, I was like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> and then like Tim was like hey the fuck out and I denied him a photo because I like, fuck you I'm taking a piss you asked for what I said outside and then you whip your phone out acting like you're texting but I know what you're about to do so I was like nah
1: I'm not playing with that who's the in your mind the
2: coolest person that's recognized you Jamie Foxx that was Vegas on his birthday which is my dad's birthday as well December 12th so we got invited to Low John's uh booth or his DJ table mm-hmm. and he had a booth behind it. And I missed him in Macau because I went yeah. up this one, I remember I fought in Macau and I stayed there for a while with John and James. We went we went out like my I think my first weekend there. I was training for the fight, but then like we went out the first weekend there and I got like absolutely fucked up. going to go see Low John and then I missed the whole show because I was too much. And then <laughs> I told him the story, he cracked up and then he talks about Happy Birthday, Jamie Foxx. I'm like, wait, what? And Jamie Fox is right there. And I was just like, oh, shit. And he's doing the S live and he sees me and he goes. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, my man. And he japs me up. We have a few words. But for me, I think it's cause I'm not normally starstruck. I compose myself. But for me, it's because it was such a surprise. It took me by a shock. And I was like, oh, shit. And he was just so cool. Yeah. So that's, that's the coolest person so far that's recognized me. What about you, Coach? Oh, no one recognizes
3: me. But the coolest person <laughs> I've seen was... Uh... Probably Mike Tyson. Uh, you're starstruck by one of the UFCs. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, I'm like you wouldn't think I'd be starstruck, but then you're kind of like you don't know until he's are in front of you. he's yeah. like, walking with Dana, and you like, you kind of double take, like, "Shit, is Said so the Mike. I grew up watching the guy. You know, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> no, I see that at the PI. Like even when you walk through the PI at the cafeteria, I don't know if you guys have been, but he was mm-hmm. walking through, but you could see all the fighters, all the personnel, everyone just like oh, snap, Mike Tyson. And everyone's thinking he's coming into the cafeteria, but he's mm-hmm. walking through, but you can see every, he has He's still Mike Tyson, you know? Yeah, different so, level of style. Yeah, like it's, it's like he, everyone was just like, oh. Even Dan, yeah. at, at, after he beat um, Gilbert Burns backstage, yeah. Dan never asked for photos, but he was trying to get a photo with the Mike Tyson. So it shows you the level of, you know, the pedestal everyone puts him on. And rightfully so, he's done so much for the sport, for combat sports,
1: you know? Well, kind of going off that, uh, I don't after the passing Kobe Bryant, Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, from Nigeria to a basketball player, someone asked him, like, what do you remember of Kobe? And he goes, for me growing up, that's who I wanted to be. Like, he set all of these standards for us. And then someone goes, what does it feel like that now there's a 13 year old watching you and thinking of the same thing? For you, when you look at Mike Tyson, there's gotta be young fighters now looking at you the same way they look that you guys look at Mike Tyson. Has that thought ever crossed your mind of like, yeah. Wow, like
2: heaps, heaps early on as well. Because when i gone to the UFC, I was like, I don't want to be like, you know, fake like some mm-hmm. people and then act all holier than now, then go crash into a pregnant lady. You know, <laughs> I know I'm a <laughs> <laughs> shake. No, nah, but, um, I know I'm a human and I know I'll make mistakes and I know I, I learn from them, but I never want to put on a fake persona and act like these guys who want to all be like mm-hmm. you know. So I know kids are looking up to me, but I feel like they can still take inspiration from my story and my character and my rise in this, in this whole game. And I just want to keep that same energy. And even like we gave away a boombox at the mm-hmm. uh, workout to this little girl. And for me, it was, she was so genuine and so nice. And I know people like that will look up to me, but... I, it still doesn't stop me from living my life but at the same time I know there's eyes on me and even in my close circle I know there's mm-hmm. eyes on me people that look up to me but I'm like I just have to hold myself to the highest standard but I, but just, we do. I think
3: I think one thing he's become really a bit better at nowadays is he's, he's aware that with this power you can choose to do nothing with it but you can also do something great with it Yeah, and you can inspire people who who need inspiration, or people that aren't doing so well? You can change your life within a fleeting moment, mm. and I think that uh, he's like gotten more aware of that. Like, and, and we do. Man, we, we do a lot of stuff that people don't hear about. It like we we, we have a big thing in our, of our group of fighters that they, you know charitable type work. It's mm. charitable type work. that shouldn't be done in front of a camera.
2: Otherwise,
1: that's it's not. I was going to ask that. Just for the be people best that way of giving. Of
3: no, straight up. No, I best way. way. <laughs> 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 no,
2: JC said best form of giving is anonymous to anonymous. Or, but yeah. I, I mean, people do it all the time for for if, if sometimes for a cause. If mm-hmm. our platform can bring attention to a cause, that's I don't different. mind. But like I what we, we do about so all the stuff much, we do. Oh yeah, that we don't put on camera. Of for course, all the kids. And Yeah, even people in our gym and stuff like that, like, but it's just we do it because it feels good to give. And people forget that Mm -hmm. sometimes. Like, when you give, it actually feels good to do something nice for someone, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's lost sometimes. Yeah, never, never. I was like, oh, here's some fruits. Yeah, oh, can you just take a selfie real quick? Like, oh, I cringe at that, man. And I know you're trying to inspire people to give. Yeah, but you can do that without putting someone, a human... And degrading them to just this oh you're
1: talking about people are getting on the camera to like gymnastics. oh hey here's a yeah oh here's a here's a
3: sandwich yeah, you know, oh, yeah.
2: i'm a nice guy
3: yeah, oh, gross it is something <laughs> it's weird there's it something be. very weird about charity work that goes on instagram right? yeah it's it takes the genuineness off it a little bit mm-hmm. so we do an awful lot of that work but i'm definitely against putting that in the public eye it doesn't feel right to me.
0: Mm, I you guys do it
3: for genuine reasons. It doesn't need to be on and, and you know in the public eye don't, don't do it at all. So mm-hmm. that's something that he's gotten really good at using in you know, the position he's in now to help people, you know, behind the scenes. So it's pretty cool.
0: I had a question about I wanna circle back to when you said that um, you know, you'd you'd been thinking about all of this. You were you were ready for all of these, the cameras, all this stuff, like How do you you make sure that you're visualizing and preparing yourself but not getting ahead or like, uh, you know, building up too much Mm -hmm. of an ego from imagining all of this?
2: I have a counterbalance. That's why we work well together. It's like Yin and Yang. So he's a guy that can tell me when to pull the ring. Hey, calm down. (laughs) or Go get him. You know, like it's just... Our, as well I think our
3: team does it as well yeah oh yeah
2: constantly I think yep. our team our culture pa, 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 pa,
3: pa. like you can't like can't it, have and, and, and man it happens and you see it happen in, in environments and other gyms where the fighters aren't being put in check mm-hmm. I mean when you look at all of this like mm-hmm. it can be so easy to lose yourself
0: mm-hmm.
3: like this is another life to, compared to how most fighters used to live this is mm-hmm. complete all the glitz and glamour it's a completely mm-hmm. different life but for us, it's like as soon as you start looking like you're getting a little bit too big for your britches, the, other boys, the other boys will be there. <laughs> the other boys will be there to remind you yeah, shit. where you came from. Yeah, and that and, and, and that's like yeah, that's a very
2: humble mm-hmm. cool way of bringing people back down to earth. Like I've been to certain gyms all over the world, and there was one gym in particular that I went to train, and the, the, the one of the fighters like yelled at the coach, and the coach was like. You know, you can't stop fucking around. It's like, Fuck, I'm not fucking around. My fucking glove's slipping up. And in my head, I was like, oh, well, you can talk to your coach like that. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, I looked at the coach and the coach just goes, I was like, and then we just kept on sparring. But for me, I was like, yeah, I I couldn't do that. I would never do that. Like, this is, just, this is still martial arts. Mixed martial arts. Martial arts is that code of respect with your sensei. You can't just fire off at him like you're a diva, you're a superstar or whatnot. You don't want to create a monster, you know? And and life's, we've seen it happen in combat sports, even in our, in Auckland, in our region, you see some athletes get too big for their mm-hmm. for themselves even. So yeah, like I said, like the team will be there to the you It's just know. sitting a
3: standard and just sticking to it. And it doesn't mm-hmm. matter where you are, what your status is in the sport, mm-hmm. the other day, we had oh, a no. perfect example the other day <laughs> what did I do? I had, I had 85 people sparring and I had 84 people wearing heat gear. oh no and he
2: decided that he thought oh, it's a hot day or my heat gear isn't oh, fitting it wasn't that it was because every 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 sparring every camp my <laughs> last sparring I take the headgear off my last sparring just but so anyway, I can like he asked me if you could take the heat gear <sighs> off
3: and I s- said no and then he kind of walked away and assaulted and then I <laughs> yelled and cursed at him and said you know like you are not any different to the 84 other people here if mm-hmm. the whole gym stopped and looked at us and i said but you, if and he'd get back on and get back to sparring mm-hmm. it's like these are just uh it's just standard practice like
1: does the rest of the gym hold you accountable too like all of your not teammates? everyone not everyone but some people who can't like
3: i mean
2: brad dan
1: Um, The senior
3: guys, the coaches, but also like
2: he he knows, like he holds himself accountable. Always do.
3: Out of those 85 fighters, there's 60 of them are younger than him trying to beat him up, trying to get to where he is. So it's like, they're looking at you, like they're looking at you and he knows that. So he knows that he has to set the standard for the next generation of people coming up underneath him.
1: Do you think you make a good coach? Oh. <laughs>
2: <Go off.
1: laughs> I'm trying to see what can I throw at
2: him. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, hey, uh, let me say one thing. I am in the corner. Guys. Hold on, in the corner when I've cornered people, I am undefeated. When I've cornered people, I'm undefeated. I'll leave it there. You I'll guys leave it there.
3: Lunchtime. <laughs> if you feel like it, oh, show up about it. I
0: don't yeah. mind if you
3: show up at two, even though I said lunchtime. Oh, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> It'd be the worst general Let me undefeated. let me let me just say undefeated as a cornerman. Let <laughs> me put it that way. I'll, <laughs> leave, I'll leave the fruits on the table. How many, <laughs> how many is that? One and oh, 2 and zero. Oh? No, I cornered many of He's yeah, trusted yeah. me. I've even cornered Kai in China. He t- oh, t- really? t- go I and mean, many times, like go to China with this guy. Go corner, go Look, corner. Put it this way: it's a definite
3: he's cornering.
2: What? <laughs> <laughs> that was a hard fight for Kai. If I know the guy, yeah. if I know there's no way the guy's <laughs> losing, <laughs> then he's
3: Yeah, sure, we get it.
2: This is what I mean. <laughs> uh, I'm fucking sweaty. <laughs>
0: One of the last, I was just you, you started last year. Um, no champions now. You have two, right? Yeah. Uh, how do you keep going?
2: What do you? we keep that same energy like everyone keeps saying like have you trained different for this fight? Mm-hmm. Have you tra- I'm like bro when I, when we fought Anderson Silva we wrestled a lot like the same really? amount yeah we wrestled you know, with the VO2 max the, um, the everyday 10 a.m. sessions of like grappling and then we do our stand up work we do our clinch work as well and conditioning but we, we keep the same energy each fight we have is the biggest fight of our life so this fight was no di- <laughs> excuse me Ooh, bro. this fight was no different. This fight was no different it's the biggest fight of our life so we keep that same energy of going all in and being well prepared for this fight and i feel like we are even the open workout i was going to do like shout out to mark hunt i was going to do like a little mark hunt just like man let me just chill and save myself tonight but you get there you feel the fans and you see that i'm like every time i'm just like all right let's go then i start jabbing and my jab was fast i felt on andre said I could feel like some of the kicks the power like behind it and it just reassures me like yeah we're, we're prepared we're ready we're fucking ready, man.
1: Well, I wanted to ask you about your actual your workout. Watching all the other fighters, they're doing like long combinations like this, and you're like one shot, like mm-hmm. one, two, and mm-hmm. that's your style. Like I remember watching the Brunson fight mm-hmm. and you wobbled him. Nine times out of ten, a fighter's blowing their gas on that <laughs> one. And you just looked at him and you you just like, walk and you're like looking for a second, and then you yeah. do one yeah. and you catch him like so i don't, don't want to say how do you do that against romero but romero seems a guy like you saw against costa he goes look at that and then yeah. oh, yeah. costa looks over and all of a sudden it's like he's <laughs> a juice head he's, yeah. a,
2: he's a dumb like there's nothing up here for costa he's dumb <laughs> 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 like was <laughs> silly like some me and anderson were playing around as well sure. with little games like that yeah. I, he's the best at it yeah he's not better than Romero. so I, I was able to play games with anderson i was able to be like you know i almost got you and then like when you're trying to knee me i was like ah, not today but i got i have tricks as well i'm, I'm a veteran in this game people forget like my extensive kickboxing background uh, there's a lot of different looks that i can give as well i mean what are going to do oh look there and then jab me in the corner or whatever i don't know but like yeah i've seen a lot i don't think there's anything he's going to bring with trickery that i haven't seen yet like playing the possum or whatever. Like yeah i oh, playing man. we've seen we know he plays possum he'll act like he's hurt. I saw that last week as well. That was a bad stoppage. I was gonna ask about that. Yeah, that was a bad stoppage. The referee should not have stopped that. Cause I even watched it and I saw the guy was, I've, I've done it in spire. I do it in sometimes. If I get hit in the body, even if it doesn't hurt, oh and then they come in or something, and I just pop. And I catch them. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So I play possum, but some, I've, I've thought about doing it in a fight, but for that very reason, I don't, cause Mike Angle said it happened to him when he fought Jason Suddy. He said he played possum and the referee was like, nah. So I don't want that to happen to me. I, I might wonder, You never know. I mean, hey, this is—I mean, this is what we play, man. I, I this is the game. My game is deception. This is one thing he's taught me very well is how to deceive people with my strikes. Right. So,
1: we'll see. Is there anything caught off? Has has anyone? Have you fallen for that inside the Octagon?
2: Nope. Nope. Let me see. Uh, different ones. Standard ones. Oh, well, there's been yes. there's
3: been occasions where like guys have been like being able to really show a really good
2: poker face. Mm. Yeah. With Kelvin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Kelvin. Cool. One yeah. thing he told me before the Kelvin fight, he told me is like, no matter what, don't be discouraged. You're hurting him. Before the fight. He told me the day before the fight, like, you're hitting him. You're going to keep hitting him. But don't be discouraged. You're hurting him. And same thing. That's why I was just like, cool. I'm ready to die. Let's go. Like, I knew. Even in the fifth front, he's there. And I call that moment, I Diablo, because he's just looking at the camera. He had like these little horns. And I was like, let's go to hell, you and me. So then, in the, I knew mean, I was hurting him. I was like, I trusted his words. Like, I'm hurting him. And that's why I dropped him. After the second round, dropping him, dropping him, dropping him in the fourth round. Or fifth round, sorry. And then he was right. He, just because he was had a poker face doesn't mean he's not hurt. He couldn't handle it. Eventually, your body will crumble, no matter who
1: you are. How does it feel to be tied to another human like that? Where now, when they're going to bring up you, your legacy, they can't talk t- about you without Kelvin attached
2: to you if we talk about that fight not yeah. like my whole legacy but like you saw today at the workout they gave us the award for fighting. Yeah, for yeah. and i was exactly. like and i gave him a shout out because like i so said it's not just me i didn't do it myself mm-hmm. i had a very durable strong mexicano these mexicans man these mexicans like they're hard to knock out we are it's possible we oh you well. Really <laughs> 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 don't try <laughs> <laughs> bad joke but yeah man. i mean like this i gave him a shout out because i can't do this alone you know mm-hmm. i had a good dance partner you know we uh we salsa together very well that night you gotta you do you imagine that fight will have to be run back at some point? If, a he, if he climbs, of- yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't do it just for fun. I mean, if if he climbs the ranks again and if he gets to the point he needs to get in the division, maybe two or three good wins, like solid wins. I was gonna see how happened. What happened with Darren Till? Yeah, I was if say. he had starched Darren Till, he might be the guy oh, I'm fighting this weekend. Really, you know, but it's not just up to me. He's gotta have a say in it as well. But I think if Darren Till had done the same thing to him, it might be Darren Till this weekend. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is just how the cards flow. But I think definitely he's he's a guy that he's hard to beat, and we'll see him again.
0: Um, I wanted to finish up with, uh, you were talking about dancing, so mm-hmm. um, what do you have planned for your dance-off move? I'm, I'm
2: not I'm not doing anything crazy. Like, I wasn't going to do anything for this fight. I wasn't, but then I had this metamorphosis on the 10th of February, the day my cat got run over, that mm-hmm. let me know, like, yeah, life short. And then I, I had this metamorphosis in my car for like three hours where I got these messages through music, listening to my old phone, old tracks I haven't heard in so long. And I've been there before and I just knew like I have to make this visually, aesthetically pleasing because it's my pay-per-view in America, my first one in mm-hmm. Vegas properly. And I want the numbers to really show and I need some some moments. So yeah. I'm not going to be like Deontay Wilder or Tyson Fury. <laughs> I was going to say. Or like anything like that. I'm like, no, that's not what I do. But like, I th- I'm just going to walk. I'm just going to walk. But I think it's going to be visually, aesthetically pleasing for everyone to watch.
1: Do you wish an- UFC entrances could
2: do that? Nah, nah, I mean, you know, it's, they're not always a fan, but it's my show. You know, I'm the sure. main event, so i I'll let them know what's up. But I mean, he's not a fan of it. Dana's not a fan of it. But I'm like, I don't care. It's my fucking show, so how it goes. How has the,
1: have the American fans been trading here this week? Good. Oh,
2: everyone's nice to me face to face. I mean, it's different <laughs> online, you know, yeah. but everyone's nice to me face to face. Even a guy checked, another guy who would say, he says he's good. you going to beat me down for hours saying, everyone's going to fuck you up. I'm like, really? Stay here and watch it. And the guy just like, mm, 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 mm. like you see them all freeze when it's face to face. But yeah, I love, I love America. One thing I love America is the food. Oh God. They went to Popeye's last night. Was that you guys? Popeyes. <laughs> That Spicy chicken sandwich, there was a, a lot of hype about it last year. Yeah, it was. But I'm getting like four of them. I'm getting four of them after this fight. Get Derek Lewis to bring you. Nah, he's in Houston. Yeah, yeah if I was in Houston, maybe, but like, yeah, definitely. I'm I was, there's also like pictures of stuff I keep taking pictures of things I'm like,
0: things to remember yeah, <laughs> to
2: eat, eat. There's a pecking duck here as well. I see the, the way they slice it, it's always on the TV, on the
1: ads. I'm like, oh. getting that. Do you? You said to, to your face, they're nice to you. And mm. I've in talked to someone that not, you know, that's not so much style, but he said, Michael Van Page says, he gets compared to you a lot. Whenever mm. you're fighting. Michael Van Page says, yeah. That just, be, just because because he black said, guys. tall black guy, yeah, he yeah. goes, cause we're black. Me, Anderson, is you were gonna get yeah. married forever. He says he gets a lot of racism online. Oh yeah. Uh, that yeah a lot does that happen?
2: Yeah, of course. Even like, I kind of hinted about it when I had the speech in New Zealand, where I used tall poppy syndrome to disguise it a little bit, which is also a big problem, but definitely you get racism everywhere. I mean, like it's 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 like water over ducks back almost. Like one thing I find weird sometimes when I talk about it, especially when something happens in America, people are like, "Don't get involved in American politics." I'm like, bro, when I come here, a KKK guy is not going to be like. Oh no! You're from Nigeria. Or you're from New Zealand. No, I'm not gonna discriminate. They just see you as black, so yeah. they're gonna be racist towards you, regardless of where you're from. Even him, he's got a beard. He looks like fucking ISIS or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> see how many times he gets stopped at the airport all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Stop! Stop. Oh. I'm you sorry. You can on this road, do you? You have to deal with <laughs> with
3: terrorism or anything.
2: Oh yeah! I know. I'm not saying
3: that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'm I do saying. get
2: stopped. You get stopped a lot because
3: I look Muslim, but yeah. yeah that's just, that.
2: that's the world we live in. At the but moment. I still, hey, I love U.S. and day. Straight up, I do. I really do. It's one of the best countries in the world for cultures. Yeah. But mostly for food. That's one thing I keep thinking about.
0: I think food. you had mentioned yeah. once that there was just too much bread that you had to leave because there's so much yeah. good bread here. Oh, yeah. The
2: bread is nice, <laughs> soft, especially that brioche bread, that soft brioche bread. Like on burgers and shit. Like, what was it, what, what one that had, was it, um, it's pretty much Shake made Shack. out of butter. Oh, it's so Shack. soft. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> it's right by the New York, New York. Yeah. And yeah, I go there when we stay at the MGM, um, the one next the to the mobile the Park MGM. Yeah, yeah. I go there and I go there like twice every time I'm in Vegas. And I'm just, oh, it's so soft. It's so soft. You can sleep on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Last thing. What is, the, uh, the, since we're talking about all this, what is the very first thing you're going to eat then?
2: You- oh, after the fight? Yeah. Probably That's Popeye's chicken. I, I'll have to, yeah, probably Popeye's chicken. If it's still open I will I'll get down there or I'll probably it will be hard for me after the fight. So I'll send someone to go down there and get me some. But yeah. <laughs> Not him, definitely. Fuck no. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> I'll
3: ask someone. Yeah, I'll run down to pop
2: our I
3: probably
1: like. Oh, she's out.
2: Send your head. Win a championship. Send your head coach to get yeah. a chicken sandwich for it. Uh, uh, it's not one of those ones. But yeah, I mean, I'm just happy, man. I'm I'm ready for this We'll weekend. send Frank or yeah. Andre. Yeah. yeah. No, nah, they won't. Go. I wouldn't even. Hey, boys. Can hear us?
1: Well thanks so much for taking guys. Fighting week I was going to say as always, Appreciate you Thanks so much and of course this has been Jose Esther, UFC champion Israel Asanya And his co- head coach Eugene Berman of City Kickboxing You can find this, all of our content On our YouTube channel, social media Facebook and Instagram Shout all out to Casey stuff. as well behind the camera shout to yeah. Best mustache in the game Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Alright
0: we're out all thank right.
1: Thanks Easy. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network